Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to another edition of Supercoach Edge, our first post-buy edition, in fact. And uh, whilst the storm has looked to have passed, it appears it has left much devastation in our wake in the form of key injuries across the board, particularly in our rucks. And uh, it seems, Liam, the ruck curse continues. Yes, and I guess after the ruck, sorry, the boat analogies we've had in the last few weeks, <laughs> you could say that the ship has hit the rucks. Uh, oh, good one. Good one. I like that. <laughs> Clap that one. That was good. Thank you. Brilliant. Thank you. I'm um, here all week. Uh, <laughs> but yes, it looks as though the Akers hit its peak in the last buy round. First off with the young Port Ruckman we affectionately refer to as Test Tickle, uh, breaking his <laughs> collarbone after coming in as our saviour to help us field 18. Then came Pruce. Yes, Pruce. Absolutely. Delivered. Yeah. Idiot. <laughs> Delivered the double-edged sword to his owners, sustaining not only an ankle injury, but also a weak band for a dangerous tackle on English. Mm, yep. Typical Absolute Bruce. Full. Typical Bruce. Prucey. Yeah. <laughs> he did yeah, almost, you know, we were talking about the iceberg last week and the uh, the yeah. end of the end of the episode. Was it last week or the week before? We've used yeah, the analogy week, yeah. of the boat a few times, but yeah, that's th- that was the big iceberg that we didn't see. Until it was too late, <laughs> we're trying to turn the ship, but it was too late. We've lost a he few. Was, but um, he was Rose on the on the door, shoving off all the other rocks. <laughs> <laughs> get, get saved. Him and him and uh, another guy, Laddams, as well, who was there, like trying to give like rib ticklers to uh, to players. <laughs> um, but yeah, just with Bruce. So that that it was that very tackle on English that was the butterfly effect which came with breaking news as we record this podcast, in fact, that English has in fact sustained delayed concussion symptoms and will be forced to sit out this week. And um, Laddams, yes, he was that other guy on the um, on the door there giving our rib ticklers because he did that on the weekend, <laughs> absolute fool. And uh, the same case of uh, what I'm going to sort of classify, this is a medical term, it's um, a professional medical term, it's called uh, it's a severe case of noncism uh, like Bruce had. So he's copped a week for that uh, rib tickler that he had on wines. And to top it all off, 
Wits delivered his lowest score of the year for his owners, uh, especially those. Those are 20K, I think it was, new owners that traded him in. So he, uh, he delivered first up, for, unfortunately. Oh, didn't he? Wow. Absolutely rough. So um, beg the question, Liam. Like, seriously, can we just petition the, the powers that be at Supercoach HQ to just pack up the rack position heading into 2023? Like, fair dinkum. Look at this. I'm just going to unravel the scroll here. We've had the <laughs> likes of Gorn, Grundy, Darcy, Jack Hayes, Cherry, Dixon, O'Brien, Bruce, Sam Hayes, Laddams, Tickle, and now English – all go down through injury or omissions along the journey. So, like, please, either, like, just get rid of, dissolve the ruck position or, alternatively, expand the ruck DPP eligibility because at this rate, we'll be needing to play Caleb Daniel on the ruck. Like, it is, it is, it is dire, <laughs> absolutely dire. Yeah, it is. It's uh, been absolute mayhem and we'll, we'll touch on some of that. Uh, later on in the episode in, in some of the options that you can bring in for those, that that myriad of, of ruck mm. injuries and outs and all that kind of stuff. Uh, we'll chat about that in the week that was. But first, now it's time for the good, the bad and the ugly. Well, yes, I'm kicking off this segment this week, Liam, for just a bit of a change. And you know yep. know what that means. That means, or you know, of course, what that means. But uh, to our good listeners and viewers out there, it does mean that I did succumb uh, to, to Liam's, uh, I guess, prowess uh, in our head-to-head. Oof. So, um, yes, didn't score as much as you, Liam, unfortunately, but um, still scored over 1,900 mm. and, and kept that um, that run, I guess, uh ongoing across the uh, the three bye weeks which was good so i did score 1901 just ticked over that mark which was i was happy with nice um overall ranking i am now ranked 5640 so the week before the buys i was ranked 13000 odd and now at the end of it i'm now ranked 5640 so i've made some um a bit of uh moves yeah, some yeah, big moves in terms of the rankings and, and whatnot. So um, hopefully I can continue that. Probably won't be as uh, as stark in the other climb up the ranks. Um, but hopefully um, I can find a way to, to keep climbing. And, and my aim mm. is to try and get within that top 1K. So uh, we'll see how we go. But in terms of the trades, ended up cashing in, uh, our, I guess, like we've called him, the mascot of Supercoach Edge mm. here, Connor McDonald. He's, uh, he's served us well across the journey to an extent with 40s and 30s when we needed him <laughs> and he ended up making about 200 oh no 100k uh, so I ended up cashing him in for um chris judson uh clark judson clark um it's a bad bad pun um and upgraded rioli jr to uh himmelberg who i was quietly hoping wouldn't turn into the uh the hindenburg disaster after mcveigh <laughs> threatened to play him forward so um i guess i you know just went all in all in to an extent and i thought you know mm. what i'm gonna read your bluff mcveigh and because I can't remember the exact quote. It did end up putting it out on Twitter. But he, he's, he was talking in riddles. He was doing his best impersonation of the Riddler. It was like, riddle me this. Like, could he play forward? Could he play in defense? And it's like, mate, just pull your head in. Like, everyone knows he's going to play in defense and you might throw him forward during the game, which is what they did. And thankfully, they only did it in the last quarter, but um, took the risk. And I guess at the end of the day, much like yourself, Liam, we, we discussed it um, off air last week as well. 
kind of use him as a bit of a playing cash cow at a minimum. So that sort of offset the risk knowing that he was going to go up around about 60K or thereabouts, which he did do. So that's um, handy cash in the bank at the moment. In terms of the uh, the other trade, or I guess non-trade um, in a sense, I held Gorn in order to you know better assess ruck options, which as it turns out was a pretty wise move given injuries and, and numb the wiser probably um, as to who I go for as no one can be trusted at this rate in the uh, when it comes to ruck. So uh, in terms of the good, bad and ugly, so for the good, it uh, probably goes without saying, McRae gets the good off the back of his score of 155. And yeah, good to see the great man back in form. It's just mm. unfortunate... I didn't really pick it. Uh, neither of us did, Liam. We, um, no. we actually were banking on Dunkley as uh, as the breakout contender, given his um, favourable history um, on the weekend. But yeah, McRae came good and uh, scored that 155 in the bad. I'm getting not tired, but I am getting a little bit frustrated with this with this man. And it are is getting, short from Richmond. Are you getting short with him? Oh, but- you've done it again. That's me on my little uh, wooden drum kit I here. Thought that's where you, I thought that's where you were going. <laughs> and you didn't. I, I didn't. I just, I just, I just walked. It hit me straight in the face, and you've, uh, you've picked it up off the floor as it's uh, fallen down. So thanks for that. I, yeah, that was poor from me. I should have. Uh, <laughs> I'm getting very short tempered. Yes, for sure. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's he's very very much struggled by his standards, and he did mm. so on the weekend with just 84. Despite his offsider in Vlosting killing it, and uh, the main reason being that Dima is, uh, I guess, persisting to play him in the midfield, which is something which has been hindering his scoring of late instead of being the seagull we know and love him for in defence. So let's hope that experiment starts to be phased out ever so slightly, especially once Dusty returns, hopefully this weekend. And in terms of the ugly, <sighs> this probably is more disappointing because he's one of my own, one of my own Liam. And it's not Walshy, mm. thankfully. Otherwise, I would have been absolutely devastated. Um, but Cripps, he, he gets the ugly this week because both for the fact that he scored 79 and for the fact that he was waste, he's, he wasted my VC first up. So it seems that the Helicryptor is in need of a good service, I think, because he's been mm. very, very ordinary of late. So come on, Cripper. Get get with it, mate. Get with the program. What about yourself? Agree, How'd man. you go? Yeah, I did get the win, which was which was a nice change in uh, change in events. Uh, <laughs> scored nineteen twenty. I think I had like twenty players or twenty one players, so not too happy considering that. I mean, I think I don't even know who dropped out. Um, I think Tico and Rioli potentially dropped out, which was nice. Uh, but would have been nice if there was like a fifty or a sixty dropping out. So I got some higher scoring, but. Nonetheless, that's all right. So I did end up making up 4,923 spots this weekend with to be ranked overall 19,711th, which is nice. Another nice little jump back. in. Hopefully, hopefully I can, I don't know, maybe top 10K is what my aim will be by the end of the season. It's doable. I think it's doable. Uh, onto my trades. Three trades this week. Cashing in Paul Curtis, Greg Clark. See ya. And very, very sadly, Callum McDonald. Yeah. Unfortunately, I tried to do what I could to keep him in, but <laughs> just needed that just sweet couldn't. cash. Need that sweet cash. Just all the dollar signs all in your eyes, like you know the cartoons. Yeah, exactly. I mean, seriously, like why wouldn't you keep him? Anyway, <laughs> for those forty scores, had to, <laughs> had to had to trade him in, unfortunately, and yeah. I uh, got in Himmelberg, like yourself, Damon Judson Clark, and I did trade in Jai Cully as well for his mid forward eligibility and he's just a bottom price 
hopefully he makes his way into the West Coast side. You'd expect he would um, before the end of the season and can just sort of eke out some some points if I need him on the bench. I did opt to hold Gorn like yourself, Damon. Mm. I thought that might have been a mistake. Luckily it hasn't. Nope. Um, because I can guarantee you if I did, I would have traded him to Wits and he came yep. off a slow score. So perfect, perfect sort of luck there, which was nice. Perfect timing, yes. So in the good, I did have Jack McRae as well. He found Supercoach form again and found it in a big way. He's been battling in recent weeks, as we all know, to put up scores that we used to with just scores of 104, 102, 107 in his last three and then a big 155 on the weekend. Thank you very much, Maka. In the bad, I'm a little nicer to your side. Cripper. Okay. Got Cripper there. He's, he's been serviceable. Uh, I think he is in need of a service as, as a helicopter, as you said. <laughs> Um, and my, uh, I had him as a VC as well because he had that good history against the Tigers, mm. and in a milestone game, and in the wet, you would have yeah. thought he'd be in for a big one, but unfortunately, was not meant to be. And in the ugly, I've got Jordan Ridley, and I feel it's a bit harsh because it was, I think, more so his role that changed, yeah. um, and that was after some promising scores since round seven. He's, you know, sort of averaged quite well. Um, he scored just 64 against the Saints. It is worrying due to that sort of change in role, um, which I guess explains the score, which is okay. But I guess just concerning as to whether it will continue. And I guess only time will tell there. Ah, Damon, let's have a quick look-see at our head-to-head. Yes, I'll do the honours, Liam. Um, it is uh, me on 10 wins and four losses. Your four wins, 10 losses. And the point differential... Uh, has been whittled down to 584. So, um, whittled down. <laughs> I thought you'd like that. <laughs> you're pegging away. You're, you're coming back. You're coming back. It's like Carlton's old slogan. Still, they know we're coming. Oh, yeah. I do. <laughs> yeah. Still, I can smell what you're cooking. Made a win here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, it is. And you know, you know, when that line's built out, that it's it's beyond beyond any hope. <laughs> oh yeah, there's no hope. There is no hope. Yeah. But it's, it's still mathematically possible. It is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the old Lee Matthews. What is it like? A goal every minute or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Which does so, technically mean that you know, if a team's twenty goals down at three quarter time, they can still win. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Spot on. <laughs> so Ugh. that's you're you're uh you're hoping to go down that route, but yeah, we'll yeah, see how that's we go. My aim. Although, that's my goal. although I think uh, you might be able to make it up because we have discussed uh, potential moves off air, which we won't show all of our hands just yet. But no. um, I reckon you might be uh, might be making a couple of big moves, which might set your team apart from mine a bit more, and could see you uh, sort of fall in line with that Lee Matthews analogy there. Um, so we'll see how we go. But let's uh, let's move on. Let's have a look at the talking points. And there was a few that came out of the weekend uh, in the week that was. I don't care if Monday's black, Tuesday, Wednesday, hard to turn, Thursday, never looking back, it's Friday, I'm in love. In the week that was, uh, we keep you up to date on the key talking points of the round. Yes, and as we mentioned at the top of the show, the ruck curse continues. Whilst we had complete carnage heading into this round with the loss of Gorn, of course, we now have also lost Bruce, Teekle, Laddams, and now we lose English. So uh, it's like we're almost losing a ruck a day. Does not keep the doctor away. So no. uh, not good at all. So who would have thought that we've used so many trades on rucks this year? 
I think I've counted around about eight trades I think I've used on rucks, nine potentially. Um, so what do we do? What do we do, Liam? What can we do? All that we can do is look at some options potentially. Yes. Well, we've, we've got some options. Got some mm. options. And we've tried to group them together, uh, two in each group, um, for your for your listening and viewing pleasure, I guess. Uh, and these are the ones that we view as probably the best options, and they are the categories of main men, uh, who are obviously the the obvious choices, the outsiders who are a little bit you know a little bit more left less field. ownership, a little bit more left field, and then the very left field, and they are the pods. Mm. And I guess it truly depends on the tactic that you would like to adopt. But we'll we'll touch on on them and, and have a bit of a discussion about each each option now. So, Damon, do you want to kick us off? Yes, we'll kick it off with, um, I guess, the obvious, super obvious choice mm. in at Jared Witts, priced at 591.2K, averaging a 115.5 with a break-even of 163. And, uh, yes, he's the obvious choice because he is the second highest scoring ruck to date and for good reason, having scored over 110 in his past seven games and had scores in the heights of 154, 143, 136, 132 and 131. And he's one of the few rucks available who has played every game at this season. And um, I say that uh, with a bit of emphasis because that could spell trouble if the ruck curse is anything to go by. <laughs> so uh, he could be next. This is kind of like final destination when it comes yeah. to <laughs> comes to ruck injuries. He's kind of next on the list of, uh, you know, the Grim Reaper is uh, knocking <laughs> on his door. You know, like that, that, that meme that you see of like people have used in the past, of like the cartoon Grim Reaper knocking on doors of teams that have, been beaten by other teams. Um, but yeah, so we'll wait and see there, but hopefully knock on wood for those current owners and prospective owners that that doesn't happen. So jokes aside, he is a consistent and reliable option. Even better is the fact he has a favorable draw, which he has had all year. And that does yeah. continue into the second part of the season as well with the likes of Port, West Coast, Hawthorne and North to round out his year. So given his break even is at 163, we would normally say, you know, can afford to wait a week or two um, because he will you know, drop in price and could potentially drop as much as 50K over the coming couple of games. But with, of course, the ruck injuries, it doesn't look as though you can afford to wait. But I mean, looking at his, how much has he dropped already? He's dropped uh, 26.7K on the weekend. So, you know, at least you're going to be saving that amount of money, um, despite Mm -hmm. the fact you're going to be bringing in, you know, I guess a little bit earlier than what you'd hope. So um, yeah, that's him. Yep, I like that option. Uh, the other main man in uh, in this that's up that I guess we, we've we've identified, and it's another obvious option. I think it is Sean Darcy from Fremantle, five hundred fifty eight point four k, averaging one hundred one point two with a break even of one seventy nine. Another high break even. <clears throat> so, like Wits, Darcy has reached enormous heights with his scoring, including scores of 178, 141, 134, and a 121. He has, however, two very down games in recent times with a 51 in round nine and a 59 in round 12, the latter of which was largely affected by having to share the ruck with Meek and the former, just a a down week, sorry, featuring six clangers and 44% for his disposal efficiency. Provided he doesn't have to share the ruck mantle, he does present as super value. But I'm going to throw a little spanner in the works here. The concern is that on, on the weekend that just passed, Meek had 24 touches and 27 hitouts in the waffle. So there is every chance that he could find himself in the side. Again, he would be worth waiting for with that break even of 179 and being projected to drop 40K. 
but we just don't have time to wait. You can't you can't hold off on on rucks this week, unfortunately. Yep, exactly. It reminds me of uh, you know uh, just harping back as as I always do with uh, Back to the Future. Nice little pop culture reference where um, <clears throat> Doc Brown arrives, speeds into the driveway of Marty McFly, jumps out of the DeLorean, and he's like, Marty, you got to come back with me. He's like, where? <laughs> back to the future. And he's like, why? He's like, he's like, it's a kid's Marty. And this is kind of like, you've, you've got to, you've got to jump on him. You can't wait to my ruck <laughs> become shit in the future because Mick, Mick is going to be in the side. Uh, we'll find out, but hopefully, hopefully not. Hopefully not. Uh, what about uh, the next category? So we have uh, outsiders. So these are, as you said, Liam, from the top, um, those ones that aren't genuine, you know, pods because they are owned by um, over 10% at least uh, of the competition. So the first one is Luke Jackson. And I think he will be a popular option, yep. uh, especially for those who are trading out Gorn, uh, who have held him to date um, as that direct replacement um, or potentially as cover for English or Bruce. So uh, Luke Jackson, he is uh, available as a ruck forward, priced at 381.2K, averaging at 82.8 with a break-even of 89. So the young D gets the opportunity to step into the, uh, what I'm going to call the clown size shoes of Maxi Gorn in his absence. Uh, he flashed his high-scoring ability with scores of 137 and 126 in the early mm-hmm. rounds and produced a passable 84 on the weekend, or sorry, the weekend prior to that, at the Queen's birthday against the Pies, when he had to shoulder his highest ruck attendance of the year with 48%, with Gorn going down uh, mid-game with those ailments. So his ability below his knees as such an agile player makes him you know, almost a Grundy-like prospect, um, almost as a bit of an extra midfielder in a sense. And yeah. he has at least four weeks to handle the number one mantle until Gorn returns. So he does have a bit of a, um, you know, obviously a month to um, to show what he can do with that number one mantle, which he I don't think he's had to date. Um, there may have been a game in 2020, I think it was, in his first year where he shouldered about 60% of the ruck um, and ended up scoring about 74, 75 or something from memory. So um, if he can um, continue that as a bit of a flaw, I guess, um, you know, he'd be happy with that, I think, as a bit of coverage. Um, but, yes, hopefully he can sort of reach that ceiling that he showed earlier in the year. But aside from that, it is his DPP eligibility which will help because it does mean that you could potentially bring him into your forward line and switch him with English as cover, allowing you to keep the uh, the Pommy as a, as a bit of a nickname until he returns from his concussion and not be forced to trade out a genuine primo if you can't afford to use the trade. So a bit of a patchwork job there. But there's yeah. also the potential there, um, I guess, you know, as we would have seen with, um, or as we have seen with Darcy Cameron, you know, using that as a bit of a uh, measuring stick, you know, he stepped into Grundy's role as a number one ruckman and he's taken it with both hands. Very, very different, I guess, player, uh, agility-wise, endurance, everything else in terms of the athletic side of things to Jackson. But the fact that he is pretty much following that same path, stepping into the number one ruck role at Melbourne, um, says to me that there's opportunity there for him to at least elevate his ceiling um, and elevate his floor more so as well, which is probably the more uh, important side of things, especially if you're getting him in as cover, um, which will come with it as well, the potential for him to make a bit of cash on the side. So if you are looking to use him as a bit of, um, you know, not so much a set, not set, set and forget, but not a trade-in um, guy that you're going to be using until the end of the year. If you're looking to use him as a bit of a pump and dump, I guess, if you're going to call him that, um, <laughs> for lack of a better word, um, or a playing cash cow, I should probably say, like him or yeah. Burke. 
um, <clears throat> who's going to deliver you some really nice scores, but also make you a bit of cash on the side for you then to even potentially trade him to Gorn when Gorn returns or to trade him yeah. up to a fallen premium in a Darcy or a Wits over the coming weeks. Um, it provides you a bit of flexibility there if he doesn't, um, I guess, maintain his his solid run of scoring over the uh, over the coming weeks. Yeah. I, I actually quite like the Luke Jackson pick. I think there's a lot of upside to him at his price. But I'm a little bit worried about people trading Gorn to Jackson. I think that's a very yep. risky strategy. I kind of like Jackson as as cover more so for, for English. Um, so potentially, you know, upgrading, I don't know, someone from your forward line to him and then just being able to swing him forward. Um, yep. Swing him, sorry, swing him into the ruck line and then obviously swing him back once English comes back. Um, I probably wouldn't use him as my, um, as an R1 or R2, or hopefully R2, please. Please don't have to yeah. use your R1. Um, <laughs> but I like the pick. I actually quite like the pick. I think I my initial reaction when I saw people trading him in, I was like, oh, don't know. Um, but I think you actually spoke to me a little bit about the potential of using him as sort of like your, uh, in that in that sort of way of, of as cover for Grundy, sorry, as cover for Grundy, as cover for um, English and then sort of trading him back um, into the, uh, moving him back into the forwards, which I do do quite like. And I think he, he has that upside there. Um, now onto the other, the other player you sort of mentioned at length in that, and it is Darcy Cameron. He's our other outsider. Um, a lot already have him. So if you do have him, he's yep. an easy sort of swap around, um, to, you know, cover English. Um, <clears throat> he's obviously ruck forward eligible. He's priced a little bit higher at 519k with an average of 83.4 and a break even of 74. Now he has proven to be a sound replacement for Grundy, not dropping below 90 in his last seven games and scoring 100 plus in five of those. Having to share the ruck in his past three games hasn't phased him at all, like some thought it would, and his three-round average of 108.3 and his five-round average of 109 tells it makes a, a pretty clear picture of his impact compared to his season average, which is obviously skewed by his early, early poor scores, which were pre-Grundy injury, which were you know him predominantly playing as a forward. Mm. Um, his DPP ability obviously means you can cover the loss of English um, by swinging with with English, obviously, um, which is quite similar, obviously, to the likes of uh, Jackson. <clears throat> and if he is in your, that is obviously if he's in your forward line. The question, probably more so for me, rely, remains around how will Grundy impact his scoring once he is scheduled to return, and that is on the cusp of Supercoach finals. Mm. Uh, He's a tough one. I feel like the two outsiders are, are, are tough to choose in an R spot. You have to really have them as forwards, if you ask me, um, yeah. or have the have the sort of foresight to be trading them into a forward spot eventually. So upgrading a upgrading a forward into a ruckman and then moving swinging them forward. Um, I definitely wouldn't have them as sort of your set and forget sort of rucks for the rest of the season. Yeah, I think both of those guys have a bit of, you know, short term, they will definitely help, but both of them long term, obviously for Jackson's um, sake, it comes down to when Gorn returns, that's going to obviously impact his his ceiling and his scoring as we have seen when Gorn's been playing, but then also, yeah, Cameron, when Grundy returns. Um, it, it is it is promising at least that with Cox being there, Cameron's still scoring well, like you mentioned. Yeah, um, yeah. But... You know, I think 
he's definitely going to be impacted in terms of his time in the ruck, which is where a bulk of his points are coming from. Um, yeah. I think it changes so, quite a lot with Grundy compared to Cox. Like there's yeah. a big, he's, he's the number one ruck with Cox. Yep. He's not going to be the number one ruck with, with Grundy. Yep. Yeah, spot on. So if you were to rank, oh, it's probably, should we rank them at the end or do you want to rank them within let's, their categories? In their category? Yeah, let's do it in their category. So yep. let's go back quickly to main men. I think Jared Witts would be nine number one and then Sean Darcy. Yep, yep. Um, I agree. And maybe at the end we can rank them overall as well. Yep. All yeah, sure. six options. Yep. Um, so you're the same with that for main men? Yep, absolutely. Outsiders? <sighs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jackson ahead of Cameron, yeah. purely yeah. based upon uh, price point. Yeah. Um, there is obviously more surety with Cameron because he has shown at the moment that he's scoring as well as he can. Uh, there's a question mark still over Jackson. There's still no knowing if he is actually going to elevate his ceiling. You'd think he would, um, and his floor. But there's probably more risk there. But with it comes that discount. And it's a discount of uh, quick mass, 140, 138. Um, yep. So discount on Cameron. So, yeah, for me, I'll go Jackson ahead of that just because we're all at a stage now where we don't have enough trades or enough cash in the bank to, you know, bring in Cameron. And, you know, if you can not skimp, but if you can go for a, a lower option, who could potentially score as well as Cameron or round about that mark and save a bit of cash, which you can then put towards another upgrade. Um, go for it. But if you are in the situation where you're, you're fully decked out with primos and you can, and you can afford to just go for Cameron, mm. I would do it. But again, goes back to that point. I wouldn't be getting either of these guys for long-term. I'd be getting them as cover um, or at least as an F6 with a long-term potential to then see them as being upgrades, luxury upgrades. Yeah, or even move to an F7, I guess. Yep. Um, and that's why I agree. I'd go Jackson first, and that's kind of the logic. I think if you're trading in Luke Jackson, I'd want to see him as your F6. Currently, that's just cover for English. And then once English is obviously back, then you're swinging him back to your F6 spot. Um, that's probably my own personal preference. That's what I'd want to be doing. Um, and then Darcy Cameron. I think it's hard to do that with Cameron because obviously his price point, I'd be wanting to upgrade, you know, like a Hobbs or a, I don't know who else is in the floor, Jeffrey, Jeffrey to, a, to a Jackson if you could. Um, and that's going to be a lot harder to do with Cameron. You have to probably find 300K um, to do that with a Cameron. So it's going to be much tougher. So I think that's why I'd pick Luke Jackson over him. But Cameron's probably scoring ability, I'd prefer him. So as you, if you had the cash, if you sorry, if you had... If you're full premium, it was really just, you know, trades. Um, Cameron's the way to go, I think, personally. Um, but if you're trying to find a way of doing it, Jackson's probably my my higher, the one, the one that I would choose. Yep. Yeah, I agree. I think, and also, if you've got a little bit more cash, I mean, he's around about that. Once you start sort of edging across the 500K mark, to me, that screams of someone who is almost like a, a set and forget. Once you trade them into your team at this point of the year, they, they're there for the rest of the year. So I think if you've got a little bit more cash, surely you'd you'd want to spend up for a for a Darcy or you know a Wits. Yeah. Even he's going to cost you another uh, seventy, nearly 80, 80k or thereabouts. But if you could do it, you'd definitely do it. Um, yeah, I'd almost be tempted if that's the case. If you are struggling, I would just trade straight trade out whether it's a Prue Scorn or English. I'd trade them out um, to another Primo 
instead of just yeah. sort of using the stopgap with Cameron if you then have to use another trade to upgrade Cameron. Or, yeah, if you're looking to bring Cameron in as a keeper, then it'd be fine. But I just I, I, I still don't see him as a as a forward keeper at this stage because I think Grundy will impact him when he comes back. Yeah, uh, that's that's my biggest concern, I think, is what his role looks like with, with, uh, with uh, Grundy back. And I don't think it's going to be good, unfortunately, yeah. for, for Cameron owners. Damon, do you want to jump into the pods now? Kick it off? Yes, well... Um, uh, should I throw this to you, Liam, or should I should I read out? Uh, I'll, I'll, no, well, you know what? I'll throw it to you because I think there's a couple of guys that are we, we're both sort of factoring in these guys as pods and we're both in a position, probably you more so than me, where we have to sort of make, make a bit of ground, make some headway on the competition. And yeah. Toby Nankervis is a genuine option uh, for, for the ownership that he has. Uh, I think he should be, sort of in, in more discussions uh, with a lot of coaches out there looking to to bring in another player. And I think he's uh, a more favorable option than a Darcy Cameron, a little bit more expensive. So yeah. uh, do you want me to run through him or do you want to? Like, you can, you take through Toby, okay. Toby Vancouver. So I'll run through the next guy. The next guy is a, is a straight out pod, straight out pod. Like I wouldn't yeah. even think of him. So and uh, I've got some interesting stats to uh, provide you about him as well. Okay. I like this. I like this. Okay. I'm looking forward this to it. Yeah. Alrighty. So starting off with uh, with Tobes, Toby Nankervis, he is priced at 566.6K with an average of 99.1 and a break-even of 142. So a lot of these uh, ruck options have relatively high break-evens, unfortunately <laughs> for us. Uh, but he is an option that, um, yeah, I've seen mooted a little bit in recent weeks, just quietly, just quietly. Yeah. Um, especially more so on Twitter. Uh, we've had a couple of uh, questions fielded our way um, as to whether or not, I think it was one uh, going back a few weeks back. Um, yeah, I think he scored, it was the week he scored like 135. Yeah. Um, so it was pretty pretty good timing there. Did really well. So uh, Nack the Tank, he has hit a nice bit of form since round six and he's dropped below 100 just twice with scores of 84 and 85. And uh, his other scores have been uh, over that over that run has been 107, 121, 108, 135, 134 and 107 in recent weeks. So uh, he's only owned by 3.7% of teams as of last round. So comes in as a definite pod option for those looking to make up ground. So the other good part of Nank, the tank, is the fact that he has a decent run coming up too with games against Geelong, which um, you know could potentially be a downer due to Stanley's negative effect on Rucks. But he also faces West Coast, Port, Hawthorne and Brisbane, who he does have a solid average against on the run home. So for me, he is, I think, when we when we talk about, you know, outsiders, he, you could probably put him in the outsider category. Um, just just outside Wits and Darcy. I'd probably see him as yeah. the next best when I'm ranking these guys, wow. uh, which we can do at the very end. But there's another guy that could eclipse him, especially on the pod front, Liam. Yes, on the pod front. Before I get to him, I'm just going to have one quick word on Toby Hernan-Curvis. He's the yep. third overall total scorer for total scoring rucks. So he's number three oh, wow. in rucks. So he's not a bad option. He's, he's a pod yep. and almost sillily considering that Sean Darcy is the eighth, um, you know, for, for total points. I mean, his average is obviously slightly higher uh, with 101.2 compared to 99.1 for Toby Nankervis. But, uh, yeah, thanks, thanks, thanks going along pretty well, mm. to be honest. Uh, but, yes, total pod, next one. He is in not many teams. <laughs> I him. He's only 1.9% of teams. Uh, oh, and wow. it is Mark 
Licksabs from Geelong. Who? Oh, that bloke. Licksabs, that bloke. The yes. Ruckman. Oh, the makeshift Ruckman. The Ruckman. The makeshift Ruckman. Def, or, uh, Def Ruck, eligible, sorry. Uh, 525.9K, averaging 98.2 with a break-even wow. of 126 as well. Just all shit options for break-even. <laughs> uh, but uh, it's terribly. Come on, guys. Come on, guys. Now, Blixarves is obviously one that's really from left field. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, he's averaging 98.2 for the season. He has a three-round average of 100 on the dot and 101 for his five-round average. As I said, he's in less than 2% of teams uh, as of as of now. Um, and he's dropped below 100 just four times this season from his 13 games. And they were the, the four scores below 100 were 53 in round one, 49 in round three, 93 in round six and 83 in round 12. He's been relatively consistent with his increased ruck roll, taking a lot of hitouts in recent weeks, which has obviously helped his scoring. And he also has a decent run home facing Melbourne without Gorn, you'd expect. Um, Carlton, Port and West Coast. Uh, the big factor with him will be whether he gets forced back into the back line and that would obviously potentially affect his scoring. Um, but I mean, he's had a decent run of scores and he's averaging just below that hundred for the season. And to top it all off, he has the handy DPP status, meaning if someone in your defensive line does go down, he can easily be swapped back there and he can bring in another ruck in their place. So just, it's handy to get some more swings in there and the, the pistol resistance. He is the fourth highest scoring ruck for the season. <laughs> no way. Really? Yep, total points. Sits just behind Toby Nankervis and ahead of Todd Goldstein. What? <laughs> That's how excited wow. I am about these two guys. Wow. Well, you've got the numbers to back it up, Liam. And and I actually, you know, you know, I'm a bit of a numbers man like yourself. And that just backs up why he is such and when we talk about pods, like there are pods out there that you're like, oh yep, whatever. Guys that have dropped in price, whatever, but justifiably yep. so because they've been shit. He is a genuine pod and he's on the cusp of being, he's scoring like a primo. There's, there's no two ways about it. Um, he's got that consistency, high floor. Um, only real knock on him is, I guess, high ceiling. But, you know, it's that mm. consistency that comes with him that you really want as well. DPP as well, added string to the bow. Um, with the wow. way rucks are going, I'm just happy with the consistent score. Like, you get it. <laughs> I'm just happy with someone staying on the park, in all honesty. <laughs> like, but, like, he's, he's got both of those in spades. Like, yeah. And just looking quickly as well, in terms of his ruck time, so we all know as well with Geelong's, or more so, buddy Scott, he, he shall not be named, who I just named, unfortunately, apologies, uh, his issues with... His insecurities, I'd probably say, mm. with running Stanley as the number one ruck, like he could be dropped next week. Like, yeah. just don't know. And I think he prefers Blitzarves in the ruck contest. Um, even when he's not, he's had below like 40% some weeks there and he's still scored over 100. So it's his ability around the ball, I think very much like, you know, we spoke of Jackson earlier being in that Grundy type. He's probably more so the new age, yeah. sorry, new age ruckman that, you know, he's sort of playing above his height. He's the extra midfielder around midfielder around the ball and just adds another string to his bow um, as a player yeah. and free scoring ceiling. So I love it. I absolutely love it. I'm very excited <laughs> by these two guys. 
Um, I'll chat about them a little bit later, maybe, uh, as to why I'm excited about them when we talk about trades. Um, but who, how are you ranking them, Damon? Oh, I can see you just, you're so excited. Have you got pants on underneath that, uh, the camera there? Jeez, I think you've lost <laughs> it by the sounds of it. <laughs> I thought I heard oh, a, yeah, it's true. No, I'm, I never wear pants when I record just because whenever <laughs> I mention Welsh, you've got to be, uh, you've got to be prepared for these things. Um, <laughs> that's why sometimes you see the, uh, the desk raising into, into the frame, uh, for a treat for those of you watching us on YouTube. And if you're not. I was going to say it's probably a reason to yeah, watch is it. That, no, is that not, a reason no, to watch it? No, no, it's not. Are we trying to sell them on this? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I probably shouldn't say that. No. Um, in terms of ranking, I think, yeah, it goes without saying. Wits, if you've got the cash, is the second highest scoring ruck to date. Yep. He's by far and away number one for me. Um, I do like if, – if Darcy wasn't as injury prone as he, as he is yeah. – um, I would say he's probably on par with Wits, just for that, um, you know, the ability for having a high ceiling. His his floor really worries me at times, especially if, as you said, Meek comes back into the team this weekend. Um, but having said that, he's shown that uh, he can score well on his day. So I'd probably have him as second overall, just marginally ahead of Nank, mm-hmm. um, who's in third spot. From then on, it becomes a little bit murkier. I really like Blitzarves. Uh, like yeah. you mentioned, you got the numbers to back it up. I'm going to say him in fourth spot um, is a bit of a pod. Um, that really goes um, goes w- along with it as well, favorably. And then I'll probably go Jackson, as I said, sort of rank him as, an, as the outsider option ahead of uh, Cameron um, because you're saving a bit of cash there. There's that potential that he could score almost as much as Cameron, uh, if not on par with what he's scoring mm. for that discounted rate. And then I'd have Cameron as that last option there. If, if Cameron was cheaper, if he was, you know, priced around about that 400K mark as he was a few weeks ago, I would rank him um, probably in fourth spot, fifth spot, um, or thereabouts. So, yeah, that's pretty much what I'm going with. So I'm going to go with Wits, Darcy, Nank. Uh, Blitzarves, Jackson, and then Cameron. What about yourself? Yeah, pretty similar. Wits definitely number one for me. Um, I think that's self-explanatory. Uh, I'm going to go number two as Nankervis. And yep. I think it's purely his slightly more pod status and just Sean Darcy, I swear to God, can get injured while sitting on the bench. Um, <laughs> so that kind of just worries me especially when, as you said, we've probably used about eight or nine trades on our rucks already. Um, I don't want to have to worry about that with a Sean Darcy. That being said, he's probably number three for me um, because he does have that high ceiling. Uh, Fourth, this is when it gets harder. I I do like Blixarves. I, spoiler alert, I'm probably going to bring Blixarves and potentially Nankervis in this week, both of them. Going to go... Exclusive. uh, Going to (laughs) go... Gonna go risky, but I do quite like the Luke Jackson pick just because of his price point. Um, but not more as an upgrade in the forward line and then swinging him forward. Um, then probably I've got Blixarves and then Darcy Cameron to me is the last option. I think in his price point and his risk level, it's it's not worth it. Yeah, and the risk level I say in the sense that he, we don't know what's going to happen post Grundy coming back. Um. And that's going to be right on the cusp of Supercoach Finals, which is not when you want to be worrying about that. Yep, cool. So you've got, uh, so what was it again? Just to recap, so you've got Wits. Yep. So it's Wits, uh, Nank, Darcy, yep. then uh, 
Jackson, Just, Blixavs, and then Cameron as the last option. Perfect. Well, there you go. There's the exclusive uh, on our thoughts with the um, the top options uh, available. Uh, so hopefully those of you out there who need a little bit of guidance, hopefully we've clarified it a little bit uh, because it is going to be almost a make or break, I feel like. What are the yeah. direction you go down? Um, they're all going to have ramifications. So it's going to be a bit of a sliding doors, I think, moment as to which route you go down. And it probably will separate, uh, especially those people ranked near the top at the moment, um, cause a lot of people would be feeling whether or not you got Proust, uh, a lot of people would be, uh, would have English. So I think either way you're going to be affected in some way and whatever route you take could dictate the overall winner of Supercoach come the end of the year. So we will look yeah. back on this and, uh, do a bit of a potential sliding doors moment, but hopefully you guys can, uh, can take and girls out there can take the, uh, the right option. So we'll, uh, we'll wait and see. Yes. But now, Liam. Time for The Price is Right. Yes, it is time. ding ding The Price is Wrong, bitch. In The Price is Right, we run through the top buy, sell, hold, and weight options for this round of Supercoach. We'll chat about the pros, the cons, and who you should be considering trading in or out of your side this week. We obviously won't touch on the rucks. We've gone through them ad nauseum already. So we're just looking at some of the other, other guys that you, that you might need to consider. So we'll kick off with the sells. Damon, do you want to kick us off with the first one? Yes, uh, goes without saying. Uh, one of those two Ruckman, uh, just not worth holding this guy for a number of reasons. Braden Pruce, priced at 444.1K, averaging a 96.7 with a break even of 125. And I've said it once, and I'll say it again. This bloke is an absolute nonce. He's been suspended three times this season and is giving old mate Mummy a run for his money as the cheap shot king. Honestly, strike one. So pair that with the fact he has hurt his ankle on the weekend, and that's strike two. And let's not forget, he was out of favor for a few weeks there. And at strike three, you're out of here. So that in itself is a culmination of get the hell out of my side. If you were still in it, but thankfully he's not. But I just feel for those people out there that actually traded Gorn to Proust. Because it did cross my mind last week, ever so fleetingly. I thought, oh, he might be one as a bit of a downgrade option, make a bit of cash. And yeah. a risk, obviously, because as we've been harping on about the fact that he does have that ability to uh, do something stupid and also the fact that he's been out of favor at the Giants. But feel genuinely for those people who made that move and have to use another trade on Proust. Yeah. It could have been sort of the in-out, in-out option um, yeah. for Proust. So <laughs> unfortunate. Yeah, very unfortunate. Uh, on, also on the sale list, we've got Zach Butters, obviously forward mid eligible, 471 uh, K averaging 90.4 with a break even of 122. Butters appeared on SEN SA and said he has a grade two medial ligament strain. Uh, this, that's the same injury he had last year in his other knee. Uh, we only missed one week and hopes for the same recovery period this time around. If you can't afford to spare the trade on him, given the ruck issues, which are affecting so many, uh, you could potentially wait a week and see whether you can get up for next week, especially if you've got some cover. But with his run of niggles, and hits. He has copped this season to date. The club may ought to be a little bit more conservative with him, especially uh, just with, I guess, where their season's at. But then potentially it could be the other way around too. They might want to, yeah. uh, you know, push push a bit harder. Um, so yeah, I think I think there's 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 upside. Uh, there's there's reasons to keep him, but also reasons to trade him. I'd probably be on the sell for mine if I if you're still on my side at this stage. Yeah, I very much agree. I think there was a. Was that the same injury he came back from and then he got injured again? I don't know if it was a separate injury, but 
But from memory, he went out and then he came back in. Came back, yeah. And then missed. Um, a chunk, yeah. Missed a couple of weeks actually. at least. Yeah. he. Um, so he missed uh, last year from rounds 5 to 16. Came back in round 17. Got injured again against Melbourne. I don't know what it is. Um, I'd need to have a look. But got injured, missed the next week and then came back and just wasn't the same. Um, so I don't know. Durability wise, hopefully it doesn't affect his uh, performance if he is mm. only out for the week, but something to keep in mind because yeah, as you said, especially as well, he's copped some bloody hits across the journey. Um, like when I was owning him and I said many times that he kind of struck the fear of God into me each time and I had to close my eyes every time he was running into a contest, but yeah, up to you as to what you want to do. But um, next option again, probably goes without saying Maxi Gorn. 608.7K, averaging a 116.3 with a break even of 91. We held him over the weekend and thought uh, it might be a chance uh, if there was some surly, some sort of uh, better prognosis for him, if he was to miraculously you know, come back. You know, oh, he might come back in a couple of weeks. Nah, it's not going to happen. And uh, the fact that we are running short in the rucks, you have to trade him, I think. Um, he's out for a month and um, yeah, we're just going to be forced to trade him. Given the outs to Proust, English, Tickle, uh, and the lot who would otherwise provide cover or be sitting alongside him at R2. Yes, most certainly. Now, let's move on to the buys. Uh, first up, we've got Marcus Bontempelli, uh, mid forward eligible, 575.3K, averaging 111.6 with a break even of 110. And Bont scored 120 on the weekend and fell short of his break even dropping to a very juicy price of 575.3. Whilst it's spot ceiling that appeals most, the fact that he has only scored below 100 twice out of 12 games is testament to his consistency and how valuable he is, especially to those prioritising head-to-head leagues. His uh, break-even sits at 110, so he's all but bottomed out. I mean, you could potentially wait, but it's probably a bit of a risk at that price. You're probably not going to get him much cheaper if he, even if he does uh, have a you know, poor a game. Totally agree there. Target him if you uh, if you can. That's probably a good one as well to um to trade a butters to. If I still yeah. have butters, um, you know, I would potentially be looking to do it. Um, a little bit of cash you'd need to fork out, but um, yeah, that DPP eligibility that comes with Bont as well, super super handy. But another guy with DPP eligibility as a forward midfielder is Luke Parker, priced at five fifty nine point three k, averaging a one hundred six point three and a break-even of 97. So he comes in at a slightly cheaper price point than Bont. Um, and since he's regained his bulk CBAs from round five onwards, he has dropped only uh, twice below 100. Mm. So um, he's an absolute picture of consistency and the mm. second highest scorer of all forwards. So if you don't have him yet, get him in because he is a set-and-forget uh, forward line player in your top six forwards. So um, look, look at him and, uh, and get him in if you can. Yeah, and he's got that handy DPP as well. So he's got cover um, yep. across the field, which is always nice. I am, I've, I've enjoyed, I've really enjoyed having him in my side, just mm. being nice, just not having to worry about, about a forward um, yeah. like, like I think I have in the past. So definitely one to get in. Now let's move on to the hold options. And we've got Tim English here, uh, obviously ruck forward 605.1K with an average of 119.8 and a break even of 166. He uh, suffered delayed concussion after being tackled by Braden Pruce, which will see him miss on the weekend with concussion protocols. He'll be out of those protocols for the Doggies game in round 16. 
as that's when his 12 days ends on that actual day of that match. So you'd assume he's only going to miss one match. Yeah. And at this stage of the season, I think you should be holding if he is only missing that one match. Mm. Um, But I am going to put it out there. I am taking a bit of a bold strategy and I'm going to be trading him out um, to try and make a bit of a ranking rise and get some league wins. Um, I I can see merit in that. Um, I probably think you should hold. Um, I don't have many trades left. Um, I've had to use them all on injuries. Uh, but I think I just need to um, just make a bit of a play. And I think, you know, I don't want to die wondering what could have been by sitting back on my hands. At the end of the day, I'm not going to make any any rises. I'm not going to get any wins if I just sit mm. back and don't do anything. Um, so I'm all on board with that. And that's why I'm actually taking the risky option of going with both Nank and uh, and Xabs this week at this stage. It's I like it. pretty much locked in. Yep. As you say, like you virtually got in your position, nothing to lose as it were compared to like, you know, if you were ranked inside the top 1000 and you're still within reach of, uh, you know, making ground on the, the overall leader, um, bit of a different kettle of fish there because you've yeah, been making definitely. a risk and it would obviously be, uh, you know, uh, the, the risk and reward would be stark. So with this, if it doesn't come off, oh, well, at least you tried type thing. So, um, yeah, exactly. you know, I think that's going to set you apart from a lot of different coaches out there. And I think both of those guys as well, which we touched on, like they're not just pods that you're trading in. They're genuine pods with good scoring history behind them, which should continue based upon the numbers that, uh, that we've run through. So very much like it. I like it. Yeah. The other thing that worries me about English as well, which we haven't uh, sort of mentioned, I won't go into too much detail because it is a bit of a question of what ifs. But I'm not too sure if they treat delayed concussion any differently compared to just normal mm-hmm. concussion. Um, hopefully, it is only the the one week. Um, but I don't know. It's a bit of an interesting one. So hopefully, yeah, it isn't any more than one week because that will absolutely burn a lot of us that um, that opt to keep English. Um, but yeah, just something to keep an eye on. I don't know. I'm, I'm not a doctor. For God's sakes, Jim, I'm a doctor, not a pool man. <laughs> That's the opposite. I'm a pool man, not a doctor. <laughs> but yeah, I, I very much like the approach that you're taking, Liam, and I uh, can definitely see merit in it. And hopefully yeah. for my sake, because I'm looking at, at holding him, it stays at one week. So I don't know if there's any doctors out there listening. If uh, if there are, or, or, or pool men that want to weigh in on the uh, <laughs> weigh in on the debate. But uh, let's move on to uh, the guys on the bubble. And there are, thankfully, two this week compared to previous week when there wasn't any at all. So the first is Judson Clark as a forward midfielder priced at 117.3K with an average of 54 and a break-even of negative 39. So Clark was a revelation in his first game in Tigers' colours, kicking two early goals to score 63, but had only a, a modest return in his second outing with just 45. So he is projected to rise 41.5K if he can maintain his average and his spot in the team. So Rioli and Castagna are gunning for his spots, so we'll need to continue to impress in order to remain in the senior team long-term and provide us with valuable cover off the bench, which is probably just as important uh, at this stage of the year, if not more important than uh, the cash-making ability. So um, I think a lot of people have have traded him in already, but if you haven't, he is a uh, prime candidate uh, to have as a bit of a downgrade option as potential cover, but obviously wait and see to see if he is picked come this... uh, Thursday, Wednesday, Thursday. This is the th- another Thursday. Thursday game this week, but yeah. 
Yes. Uh, on the other, on the bubble option is uh, Patrick Parnell, deaf eligible, 123.9K, averaging 55.5 with a break-even of minus 38, very similar to, to Johnson Clark there. Uh, and young Parnell looks young enough to be playing Auskick. I think he just got <laughs> let on. He just stayed on after the uh, after the <laughs> kick-to-kick in the... Yeah, at half time, just thought, here we go. <laughs> I'm on, boys. I'm on. <laughs> the Crows are down a few players as well. Like, all right, chucking a jumper, mate. Here you go. Get into it. <laughs> just, just, just stuck around in the rooms afterwards. Just, oh, whoops. Yeah. Uh, anyway, oh the, uh, the poor bloke has also copped his fair share of wax in his first two games. This first scene from Carsten subbed out on 41. While in his second game, he again ran into the even opponent, but he did return to the game for a very good score of 70. Sorry, I'm not laughing at the fact that he ran into the even opponent because that, that is that could have been a really bad injury. Yeah, James Hurt, James Hurt, as we as we know of, that was a terrible injury. Did the same thing, but just running to the even opponent is because he's, he's an Oz kicker and he's <laughs> and, and he's, he's like four foot tall. <laughs> Makes so much more sense. <laughs> oh, poor Parnell. Yeah. Uh, he did look super impressive, though, rebounding no, off halfback <laughs> and has pinpoint fit skills that Nick's no doubt loves. The only thing I will say here, I mean, obviously, if you need a downgrade option this week, is an option. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be waiting a week for uh, D'Ambrosio, uh, who's obviously about 20K cheaper. Yeah, uh, price. And basement price will hold his spot. And you'd expect would uh, uh, just just gives you an instant cash of twenty extra k straight away um, yep. on top of whatever you're downgrading to. So I would probably wait if you could. I think that's a better option uh, in the sort of mid to longer term uh, for everyone. But if you need to trade this week, then obviously Parnell is not a bad option, assuming he is named and isn't out with an injury. But uh, Damon, what's what's next? Yeah. It is. Uh, that's uh, that segment where we uh, end up whispering in a threatening tone. I'm the captain now. Look at me. I'm the captain now. Good. Always, always love that. He's <laughs> just like, do I come in now? Do I come yeah, in? Uh, Sorry, I raised the pencil. Gonna... I don't know. Oh, you couldn't see that. It was out of frame. I was like pointing, no, but the pencil wasn't in frame. Sorry. <laughs> it was... It was being hidden by the desk. Uh, yes. Somehow raised. The desk. The desk. Uh, we've scrounged through the data. and <laughs> found the best options for your VC and C this weekend. And uh, kicking off this week, we've got Clayton Oliver against Brisbane on Thursday at 7.50. And he has averaged 130 over his last four against the Tigers. Sorry, against the Tigers, against the Lions. Uh, with scores of 94, 177, 103, and 146. Like it. He's uh, He is in a hot run of form, and he's mm. uh, repaid me in recent times as well, so I'll be looking at him very, very closely. But it's a super, super tough week because we've obviously got all the primos back, yeah. and it's going to be really hard. Like Tip of the cap to anyone that, that really tips the highest captain scorer this week because there's so many on offer. And the other man on offer in that same game, is Lockie Neal, averaging a 112.75 over his last four against the Ds with scores of 84, 152, 137, and a 78. So he does have the second best average against the Ds out of all the teams that he has played historically. And he's gone above 126 times against the Ds from 10 outings. So as we know, that's when it starts to veer into um, captaincy territory. Mm. Um, So 
yes, a very, very juicy option likewise. Yes. Now in the Friday first game on Friday night, there's a double header at uh, seven o'clock against Hawthorne. We've got Jack McRae, who is averaging 121 over his last four against the Hawks with scores of 136, 102, 127 and 119. And to top it all off, return to form with his 155 on the weekend and Hawthorne give away the second most points to inside mids. So it's all looking up for Jack McRae. Everything's coming up. McRae house. <laughs> Uh, Paddy Cripps, he is the next option. Faces free on Saturday at 1.45 p.m. And he's averaged 114 over his last four against the Dockers with scores of 139, 109, 89, and 119. So, um, yeah, not a bad history against the Dockers, but um, given the fact that he burnt me and burnt you as well. You no, know, did he burn you as well? Yep. Yeah, he did. Burnt yeah. both of us. Don't know if I can go back to the well with him. He did score the 139 in his last game this year against them. Yeah, so. Don't care, Cripper. Get yourself oh, service, oh, mate. Your body, your, your rotors are off, mate. They're out of alignment. Cripper, come on, Cripper. I believe in you. Uh, <laughs> next up in that same game against Frio, we've got uh, Sam Doherty averaging 103.5 over his last four against the Dockers with scores of 122, 109, 82, and 101. But he has been in some nice form. Mm. And I think that lends itself to him being a, uh, being, you know, a, a nice potentially VC playing early on the Saturday, but even a C option. He's the second ranked uh, defender and has a three round average of 124.7 mm. uh, with his last two games, yeah, 139 and 128, which nice captaincy scores if you ask me. Yeah, absolutely. Done, done very, very well. Has the doc Meister. Uh, the next candidate is Callum Mills who faces St Kilda on Saturday at 7.25, he's averaged an 88 in his last four games against the Saints. So not too crash hot with scores of 183, 82, and 87. But we are, of course, mentioning him because of his uh, recent run of form because his three and five round average is 122.7 and 127.4, respectively. And that's why you should be factoring him in as a potential option. Yes. Uh, now, in the North game on Sunday at 110, we've got Rory Laird, who is averaging 113.25 in his last four against the Roos, with scores of 105, 149, 93, and 106. So it could be in for a big game, actually. Um, nice option for the C. Yep, very much like it. Has uh, Rory Laird, he, I was I was gunning for him. He was my C on the weekend and uh, had 40-odd yeah. disposals. And he had a very, very, very much a Tom Mitchell type game. Just mm, disposal mm. on mass and just didn't convert them into anything. I think he's poor, uh, not disposal efficiency, but he had a few clangers, which stuffed him up and a few frees against, but uh, Salavi, but a good option. Good option. Cause he is, as we said, high floor and uh, very consistent. So uh, the other option is Cogs, Stephen Canilio against Collingwood on Sunday at 3.20 PM. And his average is 78.75 in his last four games against the Pies. With scores of 49, 120, 71, and 75. But uh, we've mentioned him here because Collingwood give away the most points to opposition inside mids. And he's obviously in such a rich run of form since the, desp- the departure of that man, Leon Cameron, <laughs> with scores of 140, 85, 174, and 113. So a whole new lease of life for Cogs, mm. for our man Cogs. And uh, don't you just love to see it? It's great. Yeah, love to see it. It's a bit of a risky option, but I do like it. I rate it. I rate it. He's, he, he could go, you know, he's one of those players that could just have the highest score um, of the round. Yeah, that's true. Um, without really expecting it. So, I don't know. 
factor him in. Now, in the last game of the round against Port Adelaide on Sunday, we've got Took Miller at 410. Uh, he's averaged 103 in his uh, four games against Port with scores of 107, 111, 127, and 67 to round it out. Now, got a few honourable mentions here. And uh, first one is my boy, Darcy Parrish. Um, so assuming he get returns from injury, which from everything I know he should, uh, he'd be a great VC option, disregarding his injury-affected game in round 13. Four of his last six games have had captaincy-worthy scores of 125-plus, and West Coast also give away the fourth most points to opposition inside mids. So he's a bit of a risky option, obviously, returning from injury, but, you know, I don't mind it. Also in that game, got Zach Merritt, who has an average of 115 in his last four against the Eagles. And as I just mentioned, they obviously give away the fourth most points to opposition inside bids. So, you know, another handy VC option. Um, what else, Damon? What else we got? Uh, we got my boy, Sammy Walsh. Thank God I'm not wearing any pants. See, it happens every episode. <laughs> we mention him at least once, or at least I mention him at least once. Uh, he, I guess, only finds himself here in this category due to his lower ownership, surprisingly. I have no idea what people are doing. Get on him! Because I'm already on him. Makes no sense. I'm already on him. In more ways than one. <laughs> and he has an average of 122.75 from his last four against the Dockers. So, perfect. Perfect, Sammy. Good uh, good sort of launching pad to, uh, mm. to skyrocket into the moon. But who else? Who else we got? <laughs> last option. Last honorable mention. It's Jared Witts. He will be rocking against, I don't even know who, against uh, against Port Adelaide, uh, which could give him an opportunity to go very big. Uh, so it's just another option for you on the, on the uh, Sunday afternoon, the last game of the round. I reckon, I'm just imagining him, like we always say about the, um, <laughs> this is the way my wacky mind works, but I was just imagine we always say it's like the um, inanimate carbon rod. I was imagining yeah. him like, like Port, in the rooms pregame, like, oh my god, who's rucking? And like, <laughs> Finn Lacey is like, like in the toilet or like he's trapped somewhere and like he's locked out of the out of the rooms. He's like, oh god, help me! They're like, oh my god, Finn Lacey isn't here. What can we do? Oh, have a look at the broom closet. Open up the broom closet. Get the, get the broom, and like, there's a broom up against like Witter, oh. rucking against him. You'll go all right. The good old broom. Good old broomstick. <laughs> so you got a day out. It could happen. Yeah, we never know. It could, it could, it could happen. <laughs> and imagine he gets beaten by the broomstick. <laughs> he has like a has, has a score like he did on the weekend against against <laughs> against O'Brien. You'd be oh. shattered, absolutely shattered. Uh, oh well. But onto our selections, Liam. What what? Are you, how are you going to go? How are, how are you looking at it? Yeah, I am leaning towards Oliver. I think uh, just in a hot run of form, and probably into either McRae. Maybe Doc? Yep. I don't know. But also enticed by Laird. So just kind of like everything. It's like just I feel like I'm a kid in a candy shop. Just like give it all yep. to me. Let me yep. have a little bit of everything. <laughs> just one of everything. Thank you, sir. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like going into the uh, the tuck shop or the uh, back in the day uh, for you young whippersnappers out there. You wouldn't understand, but oh, probably yourself as well, Liam. You're, I'm, I feel like an old man compared to you, but like, you can go into the local milk bar and you get like, you know, a bag of like assorted lollies for like 50 cents wow. or 20 cents. Amazing. Nowadays, you have, to, are you? you have to like chop cents. off an arm, an arm and a leg, like for <laughs> a, a bag of assorted lollies, which have been sitting there in the milk bar for like weeks on end. And they're as hard as anything. 
But yeah. yeah, I'm very much the same as well. Like I feel that way because we've got a full array of primos to choose from apart from mm. English, unfortunately. Um, so I think for me, I'm thinking early stages at the moment anyway, Oliver, because he's been really good to me across the journey in recent times or Neil yeah. for VC. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the VC first up, it hasn't, it hasn't really treated me well over the past no. three weeks. I think I've gone with it and it's, it's burnt me each time, but surely, surely one of those guys are, are going to return value as the VC. Um, apart from those two, I'm thinking Laird because he does have that high floor, um, which did help me on the weekend. So mm. I'm thinking maybe him outside of him, uh, doc I like as well. Um, but yeah, who knows? Probably flip a coin. It's a tough one. Yeah, it is very much a tough one. As I said, if anyone can can select the top highest scoring captaincy option of the weekend, you deserve a, a pat on the back, tip of the cap, mm. everything. Um, discounted lollies at your milk bar, all that sort of thing. But let's move on to our next segment, and it is I got to know. Hey, I got to know. I was very paid back. Very pent back. Yeah, I like I it though. It would, yep, just a bit I of, liked of it. difference. Yeah, it's like a, a difference. yeah. <laughs> it's like the acoustic version um, of that. Um, anyway, we got just we got one question this week from Emper number one. It's, so a, doozy, at it's a doozy. Emper under it is a doozy at Emper underscore X. Uh, he's asked Mills v Laird for final midfield upgrade. Just you know, just a casual, easy question to ask. And it's an interesting one. I'm going to jump in here quickly. Uh, and I'm sure I'm sure Emper's run the numbers as a numbers man. Uh, but for the benefit of all of you good folk in the audience, let's take a quick look at the numbers as they stand. Uh, Mills is priced at 623.2K. He's averaging 122.9, three-round average of 122.7, and a five-round average of 127.4. He's a high score for the season of 214 <laughs> and a low score of 60. So yeah. quite a big range there. Uh, yeah. And Mills is a player with high variation in his scoring. He's got that high ceiling. He's got a low floor, and he's dropped below 100 just three times. But, you know, he's only dropped below 300 just three times this season. Uh, and they were scores of 84, 70, and 60. On the other end of his, you know, under of scoring, his top three scores for the season are 214, 167, and 147. And he has gone above one in 25 six times in 13 rounds this season. Does have a bit of a tough run on the final straight, but faces the Dons, Pies, and North, who he should score well against uh, in the next, you know, few weeks. Damon, do you want to run through Laird's numbers for us? Yes, yes, very, very enticing, very enticing. So, like you said, it's it's probably splitting hairs here, I think, isn't it? Mm. Uh, on a number of fronts, and so Lady, he is priced almost identically. Six twenty three point eight k, six hundred bucks difference. But the uh, compare the pair doesn't uh, doesn't stop there in terms of the uh, the difference because there isn't much. His average is one twenty one point two. So uh, what's that? A one point seven difference yep. in average three round average is a 122.7 which is bang on mills's three game average and his five round average is 123 which is uh 4.4 less than mills but his high score of the season 143 and his low score is 93 so obviously consistency is the hallmark of laird scoring as we've uh, touched on uh when we spoke about him in the captaincy side of things uh so after his comeback 
from a hand injury in round three. And uh, first up score of 93. Laird hasn't dropped below 105 <laughs> for the season. So he hasn't got the highest scoring ceiling with just three scores above 125 from 11 games. But it's his high floor where he shines. So he, he does face, in terms of the uh, favorable fixture side of things, he faces North twice, Hawthorne, Collingwood, and West Coast. He should score well against on the run home as well. So uh, it's splitting hairs between both of these guys. I've got mm. Laird. Um, so I'm very much biased. Um, and I do, I do prefer... Uh, having someone who has a higher floor as opposed to someone who has a lower floor and a higher ceiling. So um, if I was to choose, I would be going for Laird if you're going for more so head-to-head leagues because, yeah. um, you know, obviously week-to-week you want to be having those consistent players uh, to have have you in a greater chance of winning head-to-head games from week-to-week. But if you're going for overall, you'd want to have those out-of-the-box scores that Mills produces. So yeah. for me, I, I still like Laird. But if you are in the running for that number one uh, spot, I'd be going for Mills uh, absolutely 100%. What about yourself? Yeah, I, it's genuine coin flip for me between the two as well. Uh, one thing also to factor in is Mills does have the propensity to be thrown behind the ball uh, into that backline role, which we've seen a few times this year. doesn't seem to affect his scoring too greatly, but just obviously it's something to factor in, I guess. I'm going to lean very, very, very barely towards Laird. Um, and that's just due to his sort of his consistent scoring. But that being said, Mills in recent weeks has been pretty, I think it's since round eight, I want to say. Yep. Off the top of my head. He's scored um, only above 100. So, like, he's had that sort of same sort of floor in recent weeks. Uh, it is. Yeah, right out. Yeah, he's got 60. And then yeah, right out. So that 60. And then since then, it's been 167, 102, 117, 113, and 138. So that sort of factors in there, but I think realistically you are really splitting hairs. And I think your summation was pretty good. Uh, If it's head to head led, if it's overall ranking, I'd probably go towards Mills, but I do like the fact that Mills has that higher ceiling as well. So it's enticing. I don't know. You don't think you're going to go wrong, whichever way you go at this stage. I think looking at their recent form, they both look to be in pretty good form. Uh, But let's move on. Let's move on to the group rankings very quickly uh, before we wrap up this episode. This feels like a bit of a marathon at this stage. It is a marathon. Yes. We've gone into a fair bit of detail with that, uh, that ruck. So hopefully it's big uh, questions. Big questions. Yeah. But uh, let's have a quick look at the Supercoach edge group rankings. High score for the round uh, 14. It was Michael with his team, such as Fife uh, with a score of 2,102. Very big score for a, uh, for a, by round and a round yeah, rank of ninety two. Now, Damon, do you want to talk about the overall high scorer for us? It's no secret. No secret who it is, <laughs> and it's no secret that again. Thank you again, Michael, for having such an appropriate team name that works so well with Tyler's team name in Cream Pies. So together, they form the dynamic duo of Such Is Five Cream Pies. Uh, that might explain why Fife's been on the sidelines for so long. What's he? Yeah. Get your mind back in the game, Fifey. Come on, mate. Well, you just, so, yeah, I got to get out. Get out of the bakery. Stop making cream pies. <laughs> <laughs> he just got himself a part-time job in the bakery. <laughs> got let go because he's been sticking his finger in the cream pies. <laughs> um, so cream pies. Tyler is now carryover champ. Eight weeks in a row. So he's going from strength to strength. Although, having said that, he has dropped back 10 spots 
overall to now be ranked 18th overall with a total score of 32,050 in terms of his score. And I know we said it last week, and I don't know if anyone... I mean, everyone, everyone's got the group code. Like, they can just have a look back. I don't think we can shut it off in any way. No, I don't think you can close it, no. So just by proxy, if anyone jumps in that are ranked, and I don't think anyone will, that's ranked ahead of Tyler, um, Tyler's going to keep his spot. Uh, so if you do want to join our group, you can do so. Just for a bit of fun. And it is 142059. So uh, check that out. But Liam, in terms of our socials, where can our listeners and viewers find us? Yes, if you want to listen and watch us on YouTube, you can search Supercoach Edge and don't forget to like and subscribe to know when the uh, when the next episode is coming out. Uh, on Twitter, you'll find us at, at Supercoach underscore Edge, Damon at DamoJ88, myself at Liam Evans underscore 95. And on Facebook and Instagram, if you search Supercoach Edge, you will find us there. Very nice. Well, Liam, we're over the worst of it with the bias, mm. or so we thought. And they're, I'm going to say they're in our rear vision mirror. And we've got a full team of 22 back, 21 minus English and Proust. Um, but, I mean, we'll be fine. We'll be fine. So I'm changing tact from my ship analogy that you, uh, you mentioned from the top harping back to last week. And I'm going to change it to a sports car. So let's kick it into the next gear and speed towards destination hope and dreams that present us on the horizon. Or is it going to be nope and nightmares? So let's hope it isn't just a mirage. Like I'm starting Ooh, to think it might good. be. Oh. I feel like it's like the Roadrunner cartoons where like the, <laughs> they've like painted the tunnel oh, and yes. like just run straight into the thing. Beep, beep. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, that's like a mirage. It's like, oh, yes, we're about to run yeah. through the, the light at the other end of the tunnel. But no, it's not a tunnel. It's just literally it's just like, a, I don't know what it is, but it's that mountainside, thing. the mountainside. Yeah. We're going to die. <laughs> oh, oh, well. I don't know. Anyway. I don't think I'm quite driving a sports car. I feel like it's maybe just like a, I don't know. An old, an old Datsun. Yeah. <laughs> Do they yeah. make them anymore? I don't know. <laughs> Parts are falling Mine off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You know what it is. It's feel. like. It's like when we spoke of uh, Milhouse's dad sleeping in a um, <laughs> in the race race car bed, and this is virtually yeah. what it is like. I finally upgraded streaming. to the race car bed, but it's just that you're driving a sports car. <laughs> well, I'm imagining it's a sports car. It's like um, Wolf of I'm Wall in Street. I'm the Flintstones car running along. Yeah, yeah. It's like in Wolf of Wall Street when he's driving the big uh, white flip light yeah. sports car. And he's like high on like every drug. And then he ends up like parking his car and then realizes he's like crawling out of the car because it's like smashed to ribbons because he's like every <laughs> pole along the way. That's what I feel like. I'm, I'm imagining this is a sports car, but I'm, my wheels are falling off everything. So we'll see how we go. But with that, let's end the episode because it is a marathon episode. So thanks so much for tuning in and the very best of luck to you, Liam, to everyone Thank out there you. listening, watching. Patching yes. our teams together. Hopefully, we can head into next or out of this coming next week with 22 players. No more injuries to Rucks. No more injuries at all. Please, Super yes. Gods, be kind to us. We'll be kind to you. And yes. we'll see you all next week to do it all again. We'll catch you then. Good luck, guys. Oh!